Welcome to the PH Journals podcast, where we explore hunting, wildlife management, and conservation. As hunters and conservationists, we know that hunting can be a powerful tool for wildlife conservation, generating revenue and promoting healthy ecosystems. Join us as we explore the latest research, interviewing experts and practitioners, and sharing stories from the field. Whether you're a hunter or conservationist, or simply interested in learning more about this somewhat controversial topic. Hi, my name is Dylan Love. I'm a professional hunter out of the southern tip of the dark continent. Join us as I believe hunting is our best conservation tool we have to offer. Guys, welcome to another episode of the PH Journals podcast. I'm sitting here with a guest of mine, and we have worked so closely in the past couple of months. It's it's been an absolutely incredible journey. Doug, welcome back to the show. It's nice awesome to be here. To have you here. Thanks very much. And um, yeah, just looking forward to diving. So, guys, basically the whole podcast series this year and and how we've kicked it off is getting over to South Africa, what it entails, all the questions that need to be asked. Um, and specifically crawling into this one and probably if not one of the most important uh, aspects of any safari is the taxidermy side of things but i thought we start off with um where it all starts and how important paperwork gets so doug once the clients arrive it's it's all up it's it's uh, hunting licenses they get signed up it's um registers that you've taught me now need to be filled in <laughs> on day one how important is the paperwork going forward and um, how how much attention to detail is the clients need to actually put focus on as well as most importantly obviously the professional answers you know what I, I think it's become a a, a team event yeah. hunting's no longer it's no longer about the individual it's about the team event and we've all got our admin that we've got to do so as much as the PH has got a duty to do, the client has also got a responsibility to make certain that the PH does the paperwork well. That's his insurance that his trophies are able to get permits to be sent back overseas. Yeah. Secondly, the PH has got to make certain that, that his handwriting is legible mm. <laughs> because you know these things are still done manually. There is talk of the system being digitized in South Africa. It's great news. It's been something that we've been taking to the departments for probably the last 10 years. And I think we're going to get there. I've been told by the head of CITES in South Africa that as soon as the end of April, the, the CITES permits and various other permit application processes will all be digitized. So from the PH's perspective, if the PH fills out the paperwork neatly and correctly, on behalf of his client, the client fills out their information correctly and all the signatories are in place at the time of the hunt. That paperwork then transfers through to the taxidermist and we're able to do the work and apply for the necessary export and import permits into the final country of destination. Very simply, the paperwork is critical. It is a legal document that is required by the South African Professional Hunting Ordinance, as well as the international associations that deal with hunting um, and the importation of trophies. So, you know, just to break it down to right to the point of entry, and that's the first piece of paperwork that should get signed once you arrive at the lodge is the hunting license. Your hunting license, that's correct. So the hunting license, what what is that? What does that establish within 
as a what what does that mean as a client and what does it mean for the outfitter hunting license ties a professional hunter to the client it's the it's a, a in, in its simplest form it's a document stating that the client will now adhere to the professional conduct and rules and regulations of South African hunting industry um, and that the professional hunter will be held accountable for his actions as the guide on that hunt. That's what it basically boils down to. Um, it is a permit to hunt as an individual in South Africa. Okay. But, you know, all permits aside, we said we were going to chat about this a little in, a, in another episode. This, this is just purely so that you can carry a rifle and hunt. Then you get the pH register out there that records these animals. What are we recording these animals for? What purpose? Um, obviously, I'm, I'm sure we're going to get into that for mm -hmm. exporting and all that sort of stuff. But what is the actual purpose as far as the South African government's concerned? And then once it arrives at, say, for US, US Fish and Wildlife. That's <laughs> we, this is the problem with the topic. It, it gets deeper and deeper. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the further further down the rabbit hole you go. That initial pink slip that we call, we call it the pink slip. It is a pink piece of paper. It is a, a triplicate document that, forgive me, I think there's, there's four copies to it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, that document shows what the client hunts, where the client hunts it, and what parts of the animal the client is harvesting, for example, a cape, backskin, skull, horns, perhaps it's a full skin, a flat skin. It gives the details of what is going to be exported back to the client's home country. Plain and simple. Okay. That is then used in the application to the various departments for the, the, the actual legal permit to export said trophies. Those permits travel with the trophies from when we complete our work in South Africa until final destination. So it goes through customs, through clearing, all the way through to the US. Doug, <laughs> I have to ask, have you had any hiccups with regards to, I mean, you know, our third world wonderful country. Have you had any hiccups with these paperwork <coughs> getting misunderstood or mishandled? Not from your guys' side, obviously, but from... The government side of things do they slip up in any way have you had any incidents as that first and foremost anyone who says that they haven't slipped up <coughs> excuse me anyone who says they haven't slipped up in this industry yeah they're lying yeah end of story um we are all constantly learning because the goalposts keep getting changed but when the handwriting on the hunting register is clear and done correctly it means that we are able to apply and submit the correct information in the application. That greatly increases our chances of getting permits returned to us in a good time frame and correct the first time round. If we then have to go back and correct the paperwork or assist by saying the spelling is wrong in the client's name, for instance, the spelling in the client's name must match the client's passport. If we don't have that matching someone in some department is going to pick it up and all you need is the wrong person having the wrong kind of day mm. and they reject it and send it back mm. so it is our responsibility as professionals that are offering professional service to our clients to at least write neatly so that we can apply correctly 
and have the best possible chance at export in a good time frame. Does it make sense that we just go online? It makes sense. Sooner rather than later. Absolutely. Yeah. But as anyone who comes from South Africa knows, there's, there's red tape, there's hurdles, there's hoops to jump through. Load it, shedding. There's, yeah, lo <laughs> load shedding, is, it's, a, it's a great excuse. Mm. I hate to say it, but a lot of these organizations, they are backup generators. They, they are able to continue working, but they've got used to the fact that they can just put their hands up and go, unfortunately, there's load shedding. Blame um, somebody, yeah. It's the blame game. Mm. I think if we all take responsibility for what we're doing, I think we'll we'll become more efficient in the end. That's certainly the goal with splitting image taxidermy. We've employed various people in in decision making positions where they are able to assist professional hunters, clients, outfitters in ensuring that the paperwork is done correctly from the day the client leaves camp until the trophies are finally delivered to their doorstep. Well, I mean, Doug, let's touch on that a little bit because. I mean, you, you know, most recently I handed in a couple of my client stuff and, and the the process was effortless, completely effortless mm -hmm. from our side. And I've always said as a professional hunter, I still and I still believe so, that um, as a professional hunter, your job's not done until that trophy is hanging on the wall of any client. 100%. And, but I think your, your guys' system has taken that to a next level because now as a professional hunter and outfitter and all that sort of stuff, you just, you're so much more relaxed about handing your stuff over. So is there any more that you guys can progress as far as that side of the business is concerned where it becomes even more easier for the clients and PHs and, and outfitters and stuff to make it an easier process going forward? Uh, there's, there's so much we can do. Okay. There really is. I mean, with the advancement in technology, um, and, and the use of barcoding and uh, all of these kinds of tagging systems. We, we are working hard at taking taxidermy, which is a, an art-based business, into an art-based business that offers technological security to our clients because we know how much the guys are investing. Mm. I know how much a trophy is worth to me. I'm a hunter. I enjoy going out there, being in the field. If I harvest a great trophy, wonderful. If I don't, it's still a great day out there. But that memory is attached to that trophy. So I, I respect and appreciate exactly where our clients come from. We want to put systems in place that when the client gives us their trophy, their investment in us is safe. It's transparent. And they can see the flow of the product from the day they deliver it all the way through to the day that it's hanging on their wall and they're reliving those incredible moments. Mm. You know, we carry on about being worth remembering and adventures worth remembering. There's a lot to remember. Mm. Um, the fact that we're hunters, it also helps us, um, yeah, help, helps us understand what, what the clients are going through. Yeah. And, you know, Doug, I know, I know we, we touched on this in our first episode and I really want to reiterate it because I think it's become such an important, it's, it's been a bad habit that us as professional hunters have inherited over a couple of years and I think there's only a few outfitters that have actually proceeded with it but like you said we can get down the rabbit hole but, but very quickly I, I want you to touch base on the importance of pooling clients on your paperwork because this, this this is a controversial topic whenever you get into camp because when when the guys bring their buddy or whatever they think that they're going to save costs mm. i really want you to dive in and, and and 
make people aware of the importance of not peeling and then as well there's not really any benefit to it either correct now what what is i don't mind revisiting topics and the reason for that is as i mentioned earlier the goalposts keep changing yeah so since our last discussion i've also spent time with a lot of the clearing agents in the us we've done a lot of research and we've gone back to these guys and said right what are the exact rules and regulations now firstly there's 1200 different stories everyone's got a different story but we've managed to summarize it into a very basic understandable process in the US i'm not speaking about Europe specifically in the United States a husband and wife share the same residence on their with their, their we we have an id number that on their their social security that address is connected to their social security therefore we now can put a husband and wife's trophies into the same box and kids we can put the children's trophies into the same box that's good news yeah correct great news for the client still bad news for the ph because there is one simple rule anybody who pulls a trigger must have a hunting permit as well as their own hunting register irrespective of their age so a minor the parents or guardian that's with them on the hunt can sign on the minor's behalf obviously an 8 year old who shoots a, an impala or blessback or sable they're not going to sign their own documentation mom or dad's going to sign wife shoots eight animals because she's a better shot than her husband her husband only shoots four mm. you can put those 12 animals into a crate if they fit obviously we do create things to accommodate the trophy and and the safe travel of the trophy back home when it comes to clearing the taxidermist will declare that there are two hunters in one crate each hunter will have their own separate set of documentation both hunters reside in the same residence therefore it is legal because on their social security their residential address is tied to their identity number of sorts it's it's tax purposes that they tax purposes so what they're wanting they're wanting declaration of importation so there's there's no need for